Good morning, friends. This is Michael from Hannigan Media, and I am in the office of Henderson County Sheriff Bodie Hillhouse this morning. How you doing, Sheriff? Doing wonderful. How are you? I am great, finally. You and I both uh, had our... Uh, had our turn at the COVID quarantine. Luckily, neither yes, one sir. of us sick, but had to deal with it with our family members. Yes, sir. And so we've missed the last couple of weeks, but we're finally out and free into the world again to do our podcasts. We got a lot to catch up on, so let's get right to it with the stats. Yes, sir. Since we've met last, we've booked in 167 individuals, 53 females, 114 males, our average daily population this year so far has been 394. There's uh, 358 in custody today. Um, 73 of those are uh, out-of-county inmates. We've got Rockwall, uh, the United States Marshal, and Van Zandt County. All right, so the first thing I think of when I hear that is Orange County's not in the mix anymore. Yes, they got their uh, building fixed and passed. The inspections, and so they came and picked up their inmates, and they are back home in Orange County. However, uh, how many? 73, did you say? There's still 73 out-of-county That's inmates. still a lot of out-of-county inmates, and much higher than even our highest point before some of these contracts yes. started to get in. Yes, we're, we're very excited. We're looking to probably um, last year by the end of the year, which, of course, Hurricane Laura in Orange County run our numbers really high. Uh, we're probably thinking we would bring in $1.2 million in out-of-county um, inmates, but with the Marshall contract and the way we're sitting right now, we're still probably going to bring in about $1.2, $1.4 million this year. That is amazing. All right. The other thing about the stats that hit me as you read through them that time is sounded like there was a lot of women this time around, and I know there's no real sense to that sometimes but it sounded like there's a lot of women there there is um, people really don't realize um, the female population makes up about one-third of our population in the jail and uh, these numbers are pretty pretty close to that that that's that's you know you know I guess it's it's the old gender bias in me I just don't <laughs> think of the women in jail but there you go a third of the jail is female that's crazy all right we want to get to, you've been working since last week, um, you've been investigating a death on the east side of the county. Yes, sir. Um, on January the 19th, we received a call of a uh, deceased female on the side of FM 3204 um, laying uh, near a drainage ditch. And... Uh, we responded along with the district attorney's office and uh, the Texas Rangers are assisting us in the investigation. Um, we've got a lot of work to do still. Um, right now we've been interviewing people, um, done a lot, of, conducted a lot of interviews, um, searched a lot of areas. Uh, she was sent for an autopsy in Mesquite at American Forensics and Right now, we are kind of on hold waiting on toxicology, which unfortunately, um, you know, they can they can conduct an autopsy and give you a preliminary cause of death uh, within 24 hours. Um, but to, able, to be able to get the toxicology back to see all what was actually going on in her system and see if there was any drugs or alcohol or anything else going on, it usually takes 8 to 12 weeks. So we're kind of at a standstill at this point, um, waiting on toxicology results to come back. 
Okay, now, for those not familiar with that particular road, where is it close to? Where uh, are we Brownsboro. at? Brownsboro. Brownsboro. It goes right as soon as you, if you're heading towards Chandler and you go through the very last light there at 314 and 31, uh, 3204 kind of cuts off to your right, and then it'll come, wraps back around on pretty close to the Chandler side and comes right back to Highway 31. Okay, so we're outside of Brown, so between Brownsboro and Chandler. Yes, sir. Um, and the big thing here, well, you didn't, I didn't hear, um, how old was this woman? Um, she wasn't very old. She was in her 40s. Okay, yeah, that, that's not very old at all. Um, okay, one of the main things here I think that we want to talk about is the autopsy process. Yes. Um, and so... Uh, uh, when you when when somebody gets sent off, when you request an autopsy, doesn't that have to come from one of the judges? Yes, Judge Milton Adams worked the inquest, and he has to request an autopsy be performed, and send the paperwork um, with the individual to the medical examiner's office. And so, like you said, I mean, in a lot of these cases, if someone, um, if the cause of death is obvious, a lot of the times you'll know that. Right. But. But it sounds like this wasn't that. This, yes, this, this isn't obvious. Um, it was cold that day. Um, she was laying in water. Um, there was a lot of elements, you know, um, you know, in, in just natural 70-degree weather, uh, no water added, anything like that. You can look at a body and, and, and see what's happening with the body. But whenever you have other elements hit, um, you have a lot of questions come up. Sure, and so that's where science and, and, and forensics come into play. Yes. And you really need those forensics. Unfortunately, um, a lot of those forensics takes time because they're helping so many organizations. Yes, yes, it, it does take time. Um, luckily, they usually do the autopsy within 24 to 48 hours, but then they have to send everything off to a lab to actually get results and and be able to look at blood work and stuff like that so that takes time and uh so we could be we could be two to three months yes. before we get back the blood work or, or the the toxicology labs for this particular case yes and in a lot of these cases you know they can look at it and they say you know they'll say accidental um self-inflicted uh sometimes they'll rule them homicides real quick and then sometimes, like this one here, pending, it's pending toxicology as unknown, undetermined. Yeah, because that's going to be a big part of why she was out there right. in that in that spot to yes. begin with. Okay. All right. Uh, so let's move on. Um, another really kind of high-profile thing that happened since you and I last met, it was actually a couple of weeks ago now, but it had a lot of people asking questions. It was a high-speed chase that came into the county and and like got a lot of attention. Yes, sir. We had it was actually on January the 11th. Our narcotics investigators were here in Athens working, and um, they observed a vehicle commit a traffic violation. They got behind them, attempted to stop them, and then uh, the the car took off and. They run around Athens quite a long time until they found their way back to 175 uh, West and then headed West. We ended up going through uh, up into Kaufman County. They got into Kaufman City Limits and um, they were in Kaufman City Limits for a while. 
actually, when they got up into Kaufman County, we were actually able to spike them, and uh, it did not. Uh, it didn't stop them. Didn't slow them down. Spike them? You mean put it out? Spike on the ground and blow out their tires. Blow out their tires, and uh, trying to end the chase. And uh, they just continued on. They ended up going over into Van Zant County. Um, luckily, we were able to get the DPS helicopter involved, so he could, uh, because they ended up wrecking out in Van Zant County. Um, they both bailed out on foot. They caught one real quick. One hit the woods, and uh, DPS helicopter was able to stay above them, keep their eyes on them, and um, then K9 deputies and uh, other deputies got involved and was able to go apprehend the second suspect. So. Uh, it all had a, a, a good outcome, but it was a very dangerous pursuit. We tried to uh, stop it as soon as we could. Um, they were still running 110, 115 miles an hour with uh, just on the rim. Wow. Yeah. That's, that is incredibly dangerous. Um, so it's interesting to me when you have a chase like this and we talk about, because you and I have talked so much about communications and the new communication system coming online and all of that. Talk for a minute about the communications that take place between the different um, departments and the different agencies, because these guys went through multiple agencies. Yes, and and actually, it was I was I was sitting in my truck listening to the pursuit. Um, I was still here in Athens, and I could hear the units uh, calling dispatch. I could hear dispatch call the units, but. They couldn't hear each other. They were actually too far out uh, from our communication system. And then Kaufman County being on a digital system and then Kaufman PD being on another system and then actually the helicopter being on another system, it it, it, it was frustrating. I, I could hear the frustration in our dispatcher's voice just trying to keep up and give everybody up-to-date information because it come down to it, they actually ended up having to just stay on the phone with the deputies so they could give, relay real-time information back to everybody else that could hear them. Uh, hopefully with this new system, the way it should work is they dispatch should be able to patch all the uh, talk groups together and everybody be on one spot and everybody communicate together. That'll be a great thing when that gets yes, straightened out and everything, especially because this is exactly what we're talking about, this kind of pursuit across different lines, across different county lines, through different uh, jurisdictions. Um, and it's exactly why you guys have worked so hard to get this yes. communication system up. Thankfully, it came out. This was all about drugs. Yes, it was. They ended up, they were charged for manufacturing, delivering a controlled substance, tampering with evidence. They were throwing uh, drugs out the window during the pursuit and then also evading arrest. Well, thankfully, it was one of those uh, uh, pursuits that ended without anybody getting injured. Yes. Um, okay, so I want to finish up today with something that's really important. It's very uh, it's actually kind of dear to my heart because I work with the Henderson County Help Center. But uh, Tuesday in Commissioner's Court, commissioners approved your plan to um, permanently locate a deputy at Maggie's house, which is the Child Advocacy Center, yes, the place where if um, a child has uh, been abused, um, that's where they take them to get the interview done or forensic interviews to, to not put the child through any more 
then it has to go through, he or she has to go through right. after they've already been through something so horrible. Talk a little bit about that program for us. We're very, very excited about this. Um, the Help Center, um, Leslie Saunders and Sheila Davis came over to me, and uh, and Clint Davis was involved also um, with the agreement that came over and just talked about they wanted to have an investigator stationed over there working for me, but stationed over there to be there during the uh, during all the interviews, there's always there will always so now that investigator is there and will always be at every interview. Uh, we try to make most of the interviews that we know are coming up, but if you're working another case or something comes comes up, sometimes you're not able to make those interviews, which is okay because they're recorded. So we can actually take the recording, sit down, listen to the recording, and still conduct the investigation as need be. But a lot of times it's better to have an investigator there. That way, if they have any questions come up, we're not questioning the kids, but we can send that information in during the interview and try to get that information uh, or those questions uh, asked of the kids. And um, they're also going to be there to assist uh, all the other agencies in Henderson County if they uh, need help working one of these types of crimes. Um, you know, these aren't easy crimes to work. They're very time-consuming. And when you think about... A agency that has three or four police officers, uh, you know, when you've got that, when you don't have that much manpower, and then you tie yourself down to a, a thorough investigation like that, it takes away from just answering calls. And so we'll be able to be there to assist them and hopefully get uh, their caseloads, uh, you know, be able to work the cases um, with them, along with them, get them through the prosecution and get these predators off the street. And uh, and it's actually going to help on our end, too, because um, it technically gives me another investigator spot. So I will have three investigators here at Henderson County that are working nothing but crimes against children. And uh, one of them will be stationed over there. And it'll take a workload off of us also because a lot of these times, you know, they do the interview and there's no outcry. Well, he'll be able to see all those firsthand, and those cases won't come back to this office to have to work a case on. So he'll just handle all those over there. So it's going to help our caseload here. Um, it's going to help the help center. It's going to help the other agencies. Uh, and number one, it's going to help the children of Henderson County. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. There's a lot to unpack here. First off, let's talk about the Child Advocacy Center and what it does. When we're talking about these abused children, a lot of times we're talking about sexual abuse, unfortunately. Yes. Um, and what the Child Advocacy Center does is it provides a an interviewer who is trained in just this kind of thing, talking to just these children. Yes. And when they do this interview, like you said, it's recorded, that child goes through that interview hopefully just one time, now that interview is available to everybody. Yes. And so it's better for the child. It's better because a lot of the times, you know, there, there's a special training that goes into doing this well without harming the child even more than the child's already been harmed. Exactly. Um, and so this is a really specialized kind of investigation to go to the other agencies you're talking about. And we have all these agencies around um, that... You know, they, they, they just, you know, money is tight. Yes. And they have just enough 
employees. They have just enough patrol officers to cover their calls, right. let alone do an in-depth, uh, in-depth, uh, investigation into something that's complex. And so this, this deputy will be there to help them with those kinds of investigations. Yes, they will. Um, so this is, this is a great thing. I also know, um, and I don't know if she was involved in this, and our new district attorney, Jenny Palmer, has oh, yes. been very vocal in that this is a crime that she intends to go after really hard. Yes, she's going to have a specialized uh, prosecution unit, of specialized attorneys inside her office. She actually spoke to the commissioner's court along with me yesterday and uh, assisted me telling the court how important this was. Um, talking to Judge McKinney after the court thankfully uh, allowed us to move forward with this, um, you know, he he made a point to say, you know, Leslie Saunders stood up in court and said, you know, they serviced uh, 311 kids last year. And, you know, the judge brought that to light. And, you know, 311, that's almost one a day throughout a year. Um, so, I mean, that shows you how important the help center is to Henderson County. Uh, how many kids out there that that need help, and uh, the court was uh, very promising, and they're they're glad we're doing this. And the help center is actually uh, they're going to pay about eighty percent of the salary, um, and then the county will pick up the other twenty percent or so. Um, so I mean, it's of course they get state funds also. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a great deal. I already had the money in my budget, so it's not costing us any more here. And uh, they thankfully were able to add the eighty percent, and we're we're just excited about this program. I think it's going to be a great thing. Uh, it's it's well needed, and uh, hopefully by hopefully by the end of the week, uh, our, my investigator will be over there working. So this is one of those things where I think um, it it kind of points out that the county's leadership is all on board about doing everything possible to to uh, protect children and yes. make this particular type of crime um, a priority yes, here sir. in Henderson County. Yes, sir. Um, from the help center to the sheriff's office to the district attorney's office to commissioner's court everybody's all on board and unfortunately um, it is a huge problem here um, this kind of a crime and i know you know that and i'm not look it's not henderson county it is our rural areas it is east texas it is these type of counties these um half rural half kind of suburban yes. now counties that are really impacted by this kind of crime yes it is uh you know when i first started in the administration under sheriff nut you know we had one investigator working these types of crimes here at the sheriff's office that division has grown to two and unfortunately now it's grown to three but this is really going to be able i think with this move we're going to be able to combat this type of stuff a whole lot uh, a whole lot quicker and a lot more efficiently and the other thing is when the people in the community believe that the leadership is taking it serious, it makes it easier for there to be an outcry. Yes, 100%. And, 
And another thing, if, if you know, you, all the commissioner's courts are on YouTube, uh, and it made me feel good yesterday when uh, the judge finally uh, was entertaining a motion. A motion was made, and then almost instantaneously, the rest of the commissioners that didn't make the motion, they all tried to second it at the same time. They all feel the same way. They all are on board with this. All right, so we're really excited about that. We'll be following up on that a little later, you know, how it how it blends in and how all of this comes together because this is something um, I know is really important to you. It's really important to me um, trying to protect the children in our community. Uh, Sheriff, thank you very much for giving us the time to the, today to, to look into the uh, Sheriff's Office. Hey, one of the things I do know is that you... Um, pay a lot of attention to the community, to the community's tips. Um, it's important to you, and it's always a help. Why don't you tell everybody again where they can get a hold of you if they have anything that they need to tell you about? Yes, please give me a call here at the Sheriff's Office at 903-675-5128, or you can reach out and send a message to our Facebook page, uh, the Henderson County Sheriff's Office Facebook page. Send a private message to that. You'll be talking directly to me. Um, no one else has the passcodes to that page so i will get back with you we listen to you and we thank you um once again since we've met last uh, the game warden sent over a deal they know how much success we've had with the public and asked me to post a picture on there and within 24 hours we had that person identified for the game wardens um, we want to thank you all for paying attention to our page and getting us the information because it's truly a big help to solving crime here in henderson county all right well thank you sheriff um, for again letting us in and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you.